Hey, Acaville fans. Welcome to Acaville Radio's newest radio show, Tacapella. I am your host, John Lampus, and today I'm joined by my close friend, Brandon Vance. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on. So this is our very first episode, and if you couldn't guess by the name, Tacapella, we're going to talk about acapella, and we're going to talk about a bunch of fun topics that we think we have something to say about. Maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong. Find out by listening. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you just tell the people who you are? I'll tell them who I am. Sure. Well, uh, my name is Brandon. I currently go to Lewis and Clark College. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not a music major, but uh, once upon a time I was. Uh, I have a long long time interest in in music, both sort of informally and also at a classical training level. Uh, And I really like singing and I like choir. Uh, I'm a big fan in particular of barbershop music. And I I also play a lot of other instruments. And uh, yeah. He's a fantastic ocarina and ukulele player. And I'm your host, John Lampus, uh, music major from University of Puget Sound in Tacoma. Love acapella. Started my own group from the ground up. Super fun, super scary. And I am one of the DJs here at Acaville Radio. So we just have a few ideas and stuff that Brandon and I have been talking about for quite a while before I even joined Acaville that were like, you know, this is... Where we sound pretty smart saying this stuff, and we decide we're going to say it into some microphones and see if you guys like it. So today, the first topic we're going to talk, we're going to tackle the first tacapella topic ever. That's a mouthful, tacapella topic. <laughs> um, the rise of pentatonics and the rise and kind of slight fall and just kind of sustained of straight note chasers, specifically comparing these two groups. Well, so I, I think I think this this topic really fits into a larger sort of umbrella topic of the rise of acapella almost as its own genre of music or its own style of music. Because at, at this point, it's it's certainly not it can't be simply defined as a group of people singing together. Oh no, uh, yeah. it's not. It's I mean, it's certainly not choir music. That's that's for sure. But mm-hmm. it also at the same time, it's very different from uh, from, for example, barbershop, like mm-hmm. like I'd said before, mm-hmm. and it has sort of become its own thing, and. Uh, we were sort of talking about it, and we we think that the way in which we can see this rise uh, in this sort of this this the growth of this genre is is in particular through two of its its major um, major groups, which would be pentatonics as we have today, and and also straight note chaser. And to and there's also rockapella way back when, but of course, we're, yes. okay, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're unfortunately we yeah. we're, we're going to have to cut ahead to a few years, and, and obviously acapella music has mm-hmm. has existed, and there's been very acapella songs, I suppose. Some mm-hmm. might say that like the the lion sleeps tonight and longest uh, time, longest stuff time stuff like by that. Billy Joel, um, very ex- ex- examples. But um, those were more songs are like, oh, this happens to be acapella. Those I don't think were they weren't part of a movement by any no, means. No, we're just all. doing this. These are acapella tunes. And but they're they're not by really acapella groups. Yes, yeah. I guess I was going to say that I, I I'm I'm by no means a a acapella history um, buff. expert a buff. Um, Love but, that word buff. Uh, but it, it does seem like that uh, Straight No Chaser was one of the sort of the first groups to get a lot of traction as as it calling itself an acapella group and they and they started from indiana university they started indiana university and uh fun fact brandon and i became best bros at a straight no chaser concert <laughs> had an extra ticket hadn't talked to me a few years called them up said hey we're going to this but um even just a tiny bit before straight no chaser just kind of looking at this from the perspective of what i feel is a big part of the acapella audience millennials especially you know considering how much it started on college campuses and how much that is intertwined with the mm-hmm. culture i think of um 
the show Glee, which I believe I want to say came out in 08, 09, something around then. Um, it was it was 09, I remember. And it was one of the first things I thought like, ooh, this makes singing look cool. And you know, I don't not, think everybody would say that. But I don't think I don't, <laughs> no, it didn't. But it was it was something that even if it didn't, even if it didn't succeed, it was trying to do that, and that was what it, yes. the message it was trying to put across. And you know, for me, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, we had a show, Brandon and I had a show choir at I at our high school. That was another thing. Um, you don't see much of those anymore. But basically, I really felt like singly. And watching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, singing's great. Singing's cool. Singing's awesome. And this kind of being in a singing performing group is awesome. And then we got stuff like Straight Note Chaser and the Sing Off, which I feel kind of dovetailed with that. And I don't want to say stole their thunder, but I think Glee kind of, in a sense, warmed up the audience to this idea of like, hey, you know, guys, you know, especially guys singing, um, but obviously girls as well. uh, It can be cool. And then, you know, stuff. And then we had Pitch Perfect and everything. That's a little bit later. But I think... Glee did a lot of groundwork in regards to just setting up a lot of Absolutely. our generation. So let's start with Straight No Chaser first. So Straight No Chaser, and I've said this uh, many times before, I feel is kind of the epitome, and this is this is a good thing, of the classic like collegiate group culture. That's, that's what you think of when you think of Straight No Chaser. For those of you who don't know, Straight No Chaser is a, ten, um, a group of 10 guys and they are all from Indiana University. And Straight No Chaser was originally a, the collegiate group at Indiana University. And they had a bunch of videos and they put them online um, way after they, they, I believe they were really active in the 80s and 90s, the, the original group. Yes. And then um, one of the members, um, one of the earliest members, Randy Stein, who is still in the group and a bass, he put uh, some videos, especially the famous 12 Days of Christmas video on YouTube. And it got a ton of hits. The Atlantic Records saw it. They got a five album deal. They just finished releasing their last album um, very recently. And that they just kind of took off. And it was a very, a big part of that, I think, a part of their success is just, I mean, that's, that's, an, uh, that's a nice story to hear that like, oh, I sang in my group and everything in, high, in college and then we went off to our separate ways and then we we're all b- back together by our love of music, which I'm pretty certain is accurate. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened, but that's a story they definitely capitalized on. And you see these interviews talking about people, uh, I think one who's, I believe the current musical director now, I believe his name is Walter. I, I want to say it's him. He's talking about how he worked in like insurance or something, or a lot of these guys went on to do things that weren't music. And then they were brought back um, by, you know, one of them posting a video on YouTube. And that to me, like, I think that appeals to our generation a lot. We see these people who had this. I think great that appeals level. to every generation. Yeah. But specific, no, 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 but specifically in regards to the YouTube part. Sure. sure. Um, we see, you know, these old great musicians and then they come into the new age in a sense, the new age of technology and that allows them to reach this whole new audience by just, you know, absolutely like, yeah, I'm just going to put this on YouTube. So many people see it. It takes off. And frankly, first off, just if you haven't seen the 12 Days of Christmas video or any of Straight No Chaser's original videos, they are fantastic. Highly recommend. And they are, they are so good. And the big point, coming back to what I was originally talking about, is they are seen as kind of like the epitome of the collegiate group. They're a group that uh, currently most of the members were in the original, the current the current members, most of the current members, six out of the 10 were in the original group. And um, the other four were all in the group except for one, but he sang with them sometimes. Um, they comprise the current iteration. So it's seeing this evolution of you see the original group and they become professional. 
and that is a huge part of their aesthetic. It's the it's the lovely image of a guy group, um, tenors and basses, going singing to girls, making them swoon, singing at their schools in their schools cafeteria. I don't know stuff like that, um, which you know, Brandon and I both. Um, um, or he went to college and that's, you know, we see that. I saw that. Um, it's an appealing part of the college culture. And I think they really, really represent that. Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, maybe this isn't true, but the idea that comes into my mind is it's sort of like it, it, the growing or the going forward, I suppose of, of the old like doo-wop days and mm-hmm. which wouldn't be fully acapella, but you'd have the three guys all mm-hmm. singing into a mic and doing yeah. like shaboom. And, yeah. Um, and it's just the, yeah, the forward college, college version of that. Um, but now we have, and for 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 uh, the best example I think that I can give of what really has brought acapella to what it is today, and what makes us talk about this in the first place is, is here we have pentatonics, which is a, a whole different beast than straight no mm-hmm. chaser. We we it I think we would probably agree that they're sort of in the same genre, but pentatonics has definitely taken mm-hmm. this and really more than any other group, turn it into a different music style, or at the very least, mar- widespread. Mar- yeah, widespread. Yeah, yeah, maybe not necessarily by themselves the most innovation, but they were the ones and, that... And I think they really the built change. off of Straight No Chaser's um, success. And, uh, you know, just to reiterate, Straight No Chaser is a group of 10 guys. Um, well, Pentatonix is much smaller. There are only five singers. You've got Mitch Grassi, um, Scott Hoying, Kirsty Maldonado, um, Kevin Olusula, I want to say that's how you pronounce his last name, and Avi Kaplan. It's a tiny group, and uh, Brian, I believe you had a thought about the group of their, the size of their group, yeah, and how that I, affected it. So, I think if if you look at, uh, if you see, uh, st- not straight, no chase. If you see Pentatonix uh, YouTube videos, particularly, I think their most, their biggest one is Daft Punk. That those numbers are humongous. I want to. I want to say it's it's several. I've never counted that high in my <laughs> life. <laughs> several, several billion. I think not. Not quite I'm, billion. No, several million. Lots, lots of millions. Several million. And I don't think even straight no chasers numbers have even come close to that. Even twelve days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really they're they're a humongous group. And there's they're definitely at least to our generation uh, at this at this point that our, our generation be mm-hmm. mine and John as the uh, millennials, if you will. Um, it's it, tremendously more popular and have obviously mm-hmm. had much larger music success. I mean, they've been on Sesame street now. They've been, that's, that is <laughs> to me, that is huge. They've presented at the Grammys and that's great. Oh yeah, that's true. And I they've won two that. Grammys. Yeah, they won. But they yeah. were on Sesame street, <laughs> which I think shows how much, and this is a very broad, like generalization, how much they've been embraced by American culture. They are on Sesame street. Sorry, I'm going to say that over and over. This is, but that is a show kids watch. That is a show that we all grew up watching mm-hmm. and, shaped our idea of a lot of things and mm. i think that is a great point in showing people let more i think more people like pentatonics and they've been more they've just they're more popular yeah. i think I, and what we were talking about i think one of the biggest parts of their success mm-hmm. uh i don't have a good term for this i call it the boy band um the boy band for, formation or mm-hmm. the boy band effect obviously um Christy is not a boy um, no, she's but, not. she is not but uh the point being I suppose it could also be like the Spice Girl effect too, since that was sort of the, and the counter. But, Boys, all that <laughs> but, stuff, yeah. um, but the point is, is that with all these groups, whether you're talking about NSYNC or modern day, we have, uh, oh my goodness. Hmm. Wait, 
One Direction. One Direction. <laughs> Why? Okay. One We've direction. sung One Direction <laughs> we in the car s- together, Brandon. <laughs> uh, whether it's Indusync or One Direction, um, there's there's only five of them. I suppose mm-hmm. some boy bands might have six. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But five seems to be the magic number here. Mm-hmm. Um, with five people, it's very easy to get to know each person individually or at least uh, market each person individually, yep. if you will, and have an individual face. Everybody's going to have their favorite member. Um, Which is huge, Whatever person they think, I think. is, is going to be cuter or they just like their voice a little who's bit their, more. Who's their crush? Uh, exactly. Like, um, actually. And, and yeah, and, and that's a big deal. And it's it's so much easier to market a group of five people and to, and to not even to market, just for a viewer to get to know mm-hmm. a group of five people. Oh, there's less people on stage. To, I can literally see them all yeah, right now. I can now. see, I can see their faces in this yeah. song. I can, and also... Um, and this is the reason I prefer smaller groups is I just feel like each individual voice matters more. Cause instead of like 10% of the sound, like it'd be in straight no chaser, it's 20% of the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm not sure my physics and music teacher, if you're listening, that's probably not the right decibel math conversion, whatever thing. But I think that's huge, especially when it comes to beatboxing, um, which I know Brandon, you have a lot of thoughts on, um, my, just me briefly. Um, little tangent for a second uh this past fall me and my group the timberman at the university of puget sound we sang i'll make a man out of you from mulan and it was great and i was like hey we do a guest artist each semester instead of getting just um one beatboxer because we didn't have one that semester um or we did but he was singing in that number let's get three to do like a big drum chorus and it was fantastic because we had three beatboxers versus three beatboxers with uh five members singing in that balance of beatboxer number of beatboxers and sound the beatboxers and the vocal percussion have to like the effect that has on the group that's that is huge and i've definitely listened to um, many recordings where yeah you can hear the beatboxer in the back in the background kind of showing you know whatever um but it's there it almost feels just out of like yeah we're supposed to have a beatboxer not as a this huge you know i mean the standard pop formula you know you have the song once through and then you have it again with some light percussion. Um, so I just feel like a lot of people don't, I, I think there should just be more per vocal percussion, more literally more vocal percussionists per group. And how that relates to pentatonics is instead of for straight no chaser, one beatboxer to nine, you've got uh, one to five, um, or sorry, one to four other singers. And with someone like Kevin, that just like I mean, you have your own thoughts on Kevin. That is just he's a monster. He is he in a is good way. Probably one of the best beatboxes I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, and what is he brings so much sound and into just this very small group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the combination of him and Avi. Yeah, yeah. Avi's the bass. I always want to call him Mitch, but Avi, him, him and Avi. Avi is not obviously not a beatboxer. Or at least not he doesn't perform beatboxing mm-hmm. in the in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but his own. He, he is such a, a, a strong bass and he combines so well yeah. with Avi that, the, I mean, the t- there, he's almost like not, he's almost like the second part of the beatbox. Oh yeah. And, and we can, we can talk more about this later, but the, the power, the, the one of the pentatonics is, is they get so much success out of, out of their very strong bass. Um, oh yeah. Section he, their bass and, and yeah. And he section. does like throat singing. He's doing overtones and stuff. These are two of the most talented musicians, you know, I have ever seen in my life. And I think, I mean, you've told me this many times before that just puts them way above everything else. Just every other group. I, I couldn't tell you who the beatboxer is in straight Out chaser one. Cause I think they kind of switch it off, but I think Kevin and Avi just make that group. They are 
it is absolutely insane what yeah. they do. Um, do we want to take a break right now and listen to some I think that's exactly what we want to do. So we're going to listen to Cheerleader by Pentatonics. Streaming acapella music 24 hours a day online at acaville.com. Acaville, where vocal music is our forte. Well, that was pretty freaking awesome. That is easily <laughs> one of my favorite tracks. And again, it really encapsulates what my arranging teacher taught me a lot of in that I've only been really taught to how to arrange for four to five voices. And for me, I just think a big part of that and something that I think Pentatonix does so well and you can, especially on their um, 
I mean, they're my favorite arrangements of all time. They're like my favorite arrangers of all time, especially on their early um, stuff on the sing-off, is that besides each voice mattering, they can do, even though there are fewer voices, they can just do some crazy complex stuff in terms of polyrhythms, rhythmic layering, mm-hmm. um, and harmonies that if you're in a bigger group, yeah, that's cool, but it just gets kind of messy. If you're mm-hmm. if you're in too big of a group, there's just so many more options for something that not line up. Um, that's why I've always... Um, preferred smaller groups and i think they just exemplify that so yeah, well and they they really capitalize on it and i think that's what part of has what has given them mm-hmm. the success i think you could probably make some argument that eventually some five person group was going to come out and and you know and maybe take acapella to a way that it was mm-hmm. if it was going to keep being successful on the sing-off like it was yeah pentatonics was that was third season right that was yeah, that was third season and there had been smaller groups that had won before which is really interesting. We had Noda season one and second season was um, committed. And, you know, I think Noda's doing a little bit of recording again now. They're kind of getting back into it. I haven't heard from committed in quite a while. Um, Home Free has been, which is season four times. I think they're doing pretty yeah, Home well. Home Free seems to be doing fine. Um, but I know what you mean. You're kind of like, okay, well, and it's also noting this is the first group um, with a female voice in it. And I think that's just is one more thing that adds just another layer. They, mm-hmm. Kirsty can sing. No, actually, well, Mitch and Scott can both go um, very high, but it's just another thing in their um, toolbox. It's another thing in their arsenal. They have, yeah, between just those five people, they have a humongous yeah. octave range. Yeah. Just, oh, God. Just, yeah. I would just love um, to just see, like, count, just see what Avi's lowest note is. And um, I think there's actually some YouTube videos oh, where I'm people t- have shelled it out. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. But, but just in that, that is literally throw everything else out we've talked about in terms of like culture and appeal and youth and all that stuff they literally just have more tools to work with they have um, which is funny because there's less of them yes it's um and that's the thing for me that i think um and i love straight no chaser honestly i i think i do like them more than pentatonics um they are they were just my first group and there's a big um nostalgia thing there for me with them but um there's you know i kind of wonder like We've seen a lot of the same stuff from Straight No Chase. We've, we see the same um, collegiate group culture presented on stage, and that's great. But uh, when I don't know if that, I think the fact that they are not currently as popular um, as Pentox, I don't know if they resonate quite as much with our generation. And when I went to um, my second time seeing Straight No Chaser, which was just this past December, you know, I was like one of the youngest people there. And... I think they're just kind of an older, more old-fashioned style. And, I mean, they're also physically just older than a lot of... Like, like um, which is fine. And that, that actually does, I think, it's worth noting, Pentatonix has all these cool little tricks. That does give Straight No Chaser some cool stuff in terms of maturity of voices and stuff like that. But I don't think they have changed as much. And I just don't know if they're quite a fit for the main acapella audience right now. Well, and again, yeah. and I and I think... I think a huge part of that is a lot of what Pentatonix has brought mm-hmm. to. Yeah, they've changed the game. Really, not. I mean, just they've. It's not even that they've changed it. It's almost like they've made it. They yeah. have made the genre. Yeah. Um, one of one of the things that I was that I personally think is such a huge impact when mm-hmm. you look at the difference between Pentatonix and groups similar to Pentatonix. Again, I'm not necessarily saying that they were the first one. I'm not 100 percent positive, though they did seem to make. Um, popular culture in our generation they yeah. seem like it well and one of the things that i think that they really brought to the table was actually a 
dubstep emphasis in in beatboxing mm-hmm. um absolutely straight no chaser has a much more uh tame <laughs> beatboxing for oh, lack yeah. of a better word uh kevin is all over the place and and he and mm. in in the sing-off I, that was one of the things that he was constantly regarded as for his, his expertise oh, yeah. was his unbelievable um basically just bass drops that you know if for lack of a better yeah. <laughs> word is there the um just just going off him between him and Avi and just having these huge breakdowns mm-hmm. and completely dominating the airspace oh, with, yeah. with beatboxing, making it actually sound a lot more like popular music on the radio. Yeah, I agree. And they, what I notice, um, oh, I can't remember which Pentatonix tune it was, but it was from the sing-off. There's just this part where like, Avi goes like, oh no, or something like that. They're yelling, not yelling, but they're doing crazy stuff with their oh, mouths. Um, I think it was E.T., I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it was ET. It could, yeah, it by Katy Perry. Yes. Yeah, which was actually their first tune that like most of the world heard. That was their first. That was their debut on the sing-off. But I, they go so Kevin doesn't just beatbox. He does all these crazy, like pedagogically insane things with his vocal folds, with his pharynx, with all these crazy things that I'm just like, I physically don't know how you're doing that. And that on its own. Is just insane to watch. I, you know, comparing to Strano Chaser, I don't think there is a member of Strano Chaser that just, like, orally and physiologically, um, and performance-wise, has some crazy thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if it's just like a high falsetto or something, we've, you know, we've seen that before. But Kevin brought something no one's seen before. Throw that in with Avi. It's just like I don't think it's too much to say that even if Pentatonics had not been like a thing, if Kevin had like kept doing his beatboxing thing, he would have had many more videos of like um, tons of views. Just him mm-hmm. doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. And, and it's just I think it. I think I would I would argue that that Straight No Chaser and groups like Straight No Chaser mm-hmm. from their from their time period, other collegiate groups and mm-hmm. other groups that had other layers of success or levels of success. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like they were just the staircase to yeah. pentatonics that they're not quite in that genre. They're still sort of their own thing that's kind of waiting from the times. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the combination of factors, the, the, the five person group, um, the, the, the rise of, of, of sort of Kevin's dubstep and in, in, influenced and, and just heavy beatbox styles as opposed to the sort of the, the more yeah. uh, contained and controlled um, beatboxing of the collegiate groups yeah, like tame. Straight No Chaser. Mm-hmm. And also um, sort of the internet and YouTube and mm-hmm. the, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being silly here. I no, think, no, I yeah. think honestly the, the existence of, of YouTube and the, and the Pentatonix ability to present their videos as more of a recorded thing and less of the the open performance of straight no chaser is also a huge part of it it's like when you think about the difference in between classical music and for uh pop music or rock Mm -hmm. music rock music is is music that's recorded and classical music is something that's more performed Mm -hmm. and it's live and 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 pentatonics also again capitalized on that and sort Mm -hmm. of brought it into its own its own yeah i mean right after the sing-off before they got into album stuff um Please tweet at me if I'm getting this wrong, but they did um, just a lot of stuff with them, like sitting on the couch mm-hmm. and just had a mic in front of them, um, and they just sang their songs. And that to me was like, it was so. From what I heard, it didn't sound produced or anything, or like auto tuned or anything. It was just super like bare bones, and it just showed them off so much. Again, like you said. You know, Stranger Chaser didn't have that advantage when they were, when, like, when they started. We've got, I think, a big part of the Pentatonix Wow Factors. We've got to see them evolve as a group from the beginning. We've Mm -hmm. seen them grow. With Stranger Chaser, they were a thing. They weren't a thing. And they came back to be a thing 
but just that kind of irregular timeline there versus something as seemingly effortless as Pentatonix's rise where we just see them take off. The one's just more appealing and easier to see. Well, more appealing to a broader audience. Yes, Let's, yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> we got to yeah. give credit where credit is due. Yeah. I, I love Straight No Chaser as I much as you do. I love them. And that being said, why don't we go ahead and actually give give them a little bit of airtime? Let's uh, do it. So this is um, Fix You from their uh, third album, With a Twist, their first non-Christmas album. And this features uh, Jerome Collins on the solo. When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in reverse And the tears Come streaming down your face Oh, when you lose something you can't replace When you love someone but it goes to waste Could it be
You're listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day, and online at acaville.com, putting the ah into acapella. And welcome back. Again, that was Fix You, a tune originally by Coldplay. That was covered by Straight No Chaser from their, I believe it was 2008 album, With a Twist. Possibly, in my in my opinion, their best song and one of the one of my favorite oral experiences ever that's one of the favorite things to listen to flat out i think i would agree this is a really good piece yeah. so i think we wanted to jump into you know we talked a lot about the rise of acapella and specifically how it affects two groups and what that has done for the movement but and now i think we kind of want to jump into just what makes acapella acapella and there's a lot of cool things about it yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you think that. Hopefully. Why are you listening to this if you don't like acapella? Please go away. <laughs> well, no, actually, stay and listen. Yeah, actually, wait, no, stay don't forget I said that. We need um, you. <laughs> um, I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of interesting things um, going on with sort of its own acapella as a genre as mm-hmm. opposed to as a performance style. Mm-hmm. I there Yeah, many, many competing factors. Um, the first thing that I would say as it started to grow recently, I don't think it was completely like this. Like when it was in the sing-off, for example, mm-hmm. I don't think it was quite, um, let, let me put it this way. When it was in the sing-off, it was still sort of in performance form is what mm-hmm. I'm going to call it. It was. It, it seemed like more of a performance art, like show choir. And a lot of them yep. did, you know, do a lot of, you know, dancing and moving around. Mm-hmm. But it, there wasn't as much emphasis on the recordings. Granted, they've recorded and made albums of many of which I've, you know, listened to and bought. Um, but that, but that obviously that's not, that's not the, that's not the thing there. Um, so one example I can, uh, a, a counterpoint example, I guess, or a comparison rather. Um, when you think about, um, let's say classical music versus just various pop music. And I don't mean pop as an only Britney Spears or, mm-hmm. or boy bands. When okay, I, when I say pop, much. I mean sort of just anything that you might hear on the radio, whether it's a rock group, an indie group, a rap group, a pop group, any, mm-hmm. any sort of, uh, these things, it's just going to be sort of this generic thing for pop music. Um, this music is, is, is music that is very centered on the recording aspect of it, mm-hmm. especially as we have moved further and further into our generation. Um, there's a tremendous amount of emphasis on having this very clean cut, very perfected track that in the music itself is the recording as opposed to the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously these groups perform and many of them get to the point where they record by performing first, but we don't think about it as like, if I handed you a sheet music for like thunderstruck by ACDC and you mm-hmm. played it, you wouldn't, I mean, if you played it as exactly as you could, you might we might say okay that was you know that was ACDC's thunder or thunderstruck or mm-hmm. or whatever but it's not quite it wouldn't be ACDC playing it whereas if i hand you like Fairlease by Beethoven and yeah. you hand you that sheet music and you play that that's that's sort of we sort of recognize that as a different thing nobody nobody says in the classical world like oh you're just doing a cover of Beethoven like no you right. played Beethoven's uh Fairlease uh whereas if i were to get a band together and play thunderstruck by ACDC i'm doing a cover i'm not playing Thunderstruck. I'm playing ACDC's mm-hmm. like cover, uh, a cover of their Thunderstruck because the the missing aspect was that, and that's sort of that seems to be, um, at least uh, we we talk about this in I'm a philosophy major and we've talked about this a little bit in, in the philosophy of aesthetics and, and art. Uh, that does seem to be this this defining aspect at times of of sort of this what I'm trying to get at this pop music and and performance music or, or classical if you will mm-hmm. classical being just a, a performance piece. And as we get more and more into this sort of the rise of acapella. I think 
especially once we had Daft Punk mm-hmm. by Pentatonix. I think that was a critical point in which acapella really did start to resemble more of uh, what I was what I've sort of been describing as pop music. It's mm. focused on the recording. It doesn't necessarily mean it has a lot of added effects yeah. or vocal things. It's more just that the emphasis is on, is on this this sort of piece as a as a piece and not as something that anybody else is is performing. It's focused yeah. on the group. Yeah, and a thing about that, um, having run my own group and stuff, so much of it is like, oh, I want to get this sheet music. So many groups keep their sheet music private because to them, that is their, like, their arrangement. That is part of their identity. Mm-hmm. And I think really goes in with what you were saying. Um, you know, I can find sheet music for like, and that's and that's the same with regular groups, just not regular, instrumental you know, bands as well. You don't get their full like listening of all their parts, but so many groups keep their arrangements private because that is such a defining factor of what makes them unique because it's seen as a cover so they keep that to themselves in a sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i and i think another aspect uh that has really sort of defined as a genre is not necessarily just that um uh, but another aspect is as i touched on a little bit earlier um is is the emphasis the 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 heavy emphasis at least in most of the music on uh the bass and the and the beatbox, mm-hmm. as we've talked about many times, I think it's fair to say that most pop music, other than you know ballads and whatnot, are mm-hmm. are, are heavily based on drum beats. People mm-hmm. like to to move around, and we love to feel especially the beat. like you know it's enjoyable dance music. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and that is a defining part of mm-hmm. of the majority of acapella music that we're seeing today. Mm-hmm. You remove it, and it's sort of a different thing. I I I, I would argue that many acapella arrangements are almost not even fully there without the drums, much like how a lot of you know, rock and pop music is not really, yeah. and rap music is not really rock, pop, and rap without the drums there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it, with the rise of of more and more talented beatboxers, I, I think we have gone a long ways from beatboxing in the 80s. And I just, just physically speaking, it is unbelievable the types of sounds that, that oh, people yeah. can make. And I think that has been also a huge part of it. And so I think a lot of people... It might sound initially weird when I had said earlier, like, "Oh yeah, dubstep has a lot to do with acapella," but I, I, I think no, I, we, we, the it's that it's, sound it's the, and em- that yes, the emphasis of the mm-hmm. of the beatbox and sort of the dubstep influenced beatboxes, I think, has actually done a lot to yeah. the genre. Other than that, I think, I think the very last thing, I mean, of of many factors, well, I mean, oh, I'm not sure. There's there's so there's so many there's so many aspects yeah. there, but it does it does seem to be. Yeah, I guess I guess I would say the emphasis on the smaller groups. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have lots of lots of big and very uh, very large groups that are mm-hmm. that are successful, um, but it does seem like many of these the uh, the acapella groups, the cover groups, making the most success right now are smaller groups. Yeah. Actually, the last thing I wanted to say, I think this is more important, is actually um, acapella music is is very heavily cover based. Oh yeah. I, in fact, I would say it's really only cover based. I mean, we have originals that show up here and there, but it's really more of a at this point in time, a genre of arrangements. Yeah, and you know, that's, um, we actually had a new segment recently about original uh, originals on demand, um, about how that's kind of starting to change. We actually, just a sneak preview for the audience at home, we will be having a uh, special composer friend of mine talking about original acapella music and what that means for the future. Um, but right now, I absolutely agree, and I think that's, I think that's what people think of. I think they think of it as covers, and I think of, 
Um, I mean, I judge a group not necessarily based on their performance, but based on how good the arrangement is and their interpretation. And mm-hmm. I, um, uh, we're going to take just a quick second break here. Um, uh, but I definitely have some things to say about that when we're back. And we're back. So in regards to arranging, and I have very, I have very specific thoughts on arranging, mainly because I really only know how to arrange um, a couple of ways. I arrange exclusively, and I have in the past, for four to five tenor bass voices. And for me, like I've said before, it makes it easier to do crazy stuff because it keeps it cleaner and it keeps it easier. And um, I think we also touched on it earlier about how those form part of a group's identity. For me, and this is why sometimes I'm drawn to uh, other groups that maybe not even be acapella, but the thing for me is, you know, I just love a lot of the quote unquote trashy, just the pure four chord pop songs, Katy Perry, just like the top 40 hits that have just like, (laughs) one good like little melody and that's it and the rest is just like a bunch of crap i love that but i want to see it taken to the next level i want to see it reinterpreted and i know i'm not going to hear it we're not going to hear a cover of like or we're not going to hear taylor swift do perform blank space or whatever getting to like the full harmonic and melodic like core of it or developing it to that next level that for people brandon like you and me and that's probably possibly the most smug and uh um, big headed thing I've ever said. Um, but you know, there's the idea of like, Oh, well we can't make it too melodically or rhythmically complex. We have to kind of keep it simple. It's the radio. But for me, acapella, the stuff that I love is when they take it, they take a song and they push it that next step. They're like, I just think, man, what if they just like, I don't know, cut everything out here. And it was just all like homophonic yeah. and it was like kind of a big chorus or like, mm, mm-hmm. this is good, but we've heard this chorus three times now and it's the exact same thing. Why don't they change the drum beat? Why don't they add like a bunch of harmonies? Why don't, and this is the thing you'll never hear on the radio, why don't they change the chords? That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, why don't they take it to the next step? Changing like, changing chords, that's a whole other thing. But um, taking the song, making it, besides just making it your own, taking it to that next step musically to, because I hear these songs where I'm like, oh, this is a great melody and this is awesome, but I want more of it and I want it to re- reach to reach its potential as a piece of music. And that's why, you know, and Brandon, you and I have talked about this. That's the reason why I love, um, you know, this is going to be the first time I plug a non-acapella group on the radio. So um, hopefully my boss doesn't throw the cup at me. Um, There's a cup in front of me. That's not an expression. Um, But there's a group called Walk (laughs) Off the Earth that I think is just fantastic. And they have three vocalists. They're actually, in my opinion, very similar to Pentatonix. They've got three, like, core vocalists, a percussionist, and he's not a bassist, but he does, like, he does weird stuff too. Um, and they take it to the next level. They add in harmonies, they change chords. And for me, that is what has always drawn me to acapella. Yeah. It's, it seems weird to say because they're not an acapella group, Mm -hmm. but if you asked me, uh, about a group that, that was similar to pentatonics in a lot of ways, I would actually think about walk of the earth. Yeah. Uh, if just for the sake that they are, very vocally based Mm -hmm. and they're a sort of a group of interpretation yeah and and they're not afraid of harmonies and then the thing really drives um draws me to it especially pentatonics coming just circling back for just a quick second um talking about reinterpretation taking things to the next level i believe it was when pentatonics when they're doing the kind of their couch cover phase they did we are young i believe they made it into like kind of almost a samba thing at some point they're not afraid to like ooh, the song works like this let's just change the genre and let's just turn it into that and that is again what i'm talking about in regards to like okay maybe they don't want to take the song and completely reinterpret it even though that is something that i love to hear 
they took it to a place that wasn't originally it wasn't originally you know recorded or meant to go to and it worked so well and that's again what i love about acapella changing things to make it what you see as the ultimate musical vision hey this rhythm works better this samba rhythm three over two works really well here you can't you know it's just frankly hard to do that when you have a bunch of instruments when you just have voices and you're sitting around okay you do that you do that you do that it's it's really simple and it's so fun and it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, touching on that. That's yet another example of what separates acapella from sort of not only a, maybe more traditionally what a lot of the collegiate groups do. Mm-hmm. Not not completely, not completely, but also what definitely separates it from barbershop. Yeah. Is that barbershop is its own specific style, I think yeah. would be the mo- more mm-hmm. appropriate word. It's definitely a genre in itself and it is mostly... I think I think I I might be eating my words here later when I research this, but I would I would wager that a lot of barbershop is probably some well maybe not a lot but half and half between uh, covers and arrangements and then also uh, unique barbershop songs. Mm-hmm. But specifically, barbershop is is its own specific way of singing things, even if yeah. they have maybe a ballad or, or a more upbeat song. It's yeah. very very based on. Uh, the chord structure, this the, the, absolutely the extremely is. tight chord structure. Whereas acapella, uh, as we're seeing it today, seems to be more about well, what if we took this song and played it as a samba, or yeah. what if we took this song and we, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't even know, we vastly yeah, reinterpreted, completely reinterpreted, and, yeah. and and sang it, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and sang it. You got to do that part. Um, and I totally agree. Barbershop, and I've said this before, is all about the absence of open space. It's about getting super tight. And fr- it's a lot of crazy chords that I think to the average person walking by, they're like, like if you just took the chord and played it, they'd be like, that doesn't sound that good. Um, but it's about going to these crazily tonal places and making it sound just super crazy and having a great time with it. Um, while again, acapella's adaptation and it's you know focused on contemporary music. We are seeing um, some more barbershop songs that like the game Bioshock Infinite. They take the song God Only Knows and they turned it into a barbershop tune, and that's fantastic. Brent, I believe one of your favorite groups is a barbershop oh, group, absolutely, and a favorite of ours here at the station. Um, I believe it is GQ. GQ. <sighs> the girls at GQ. GQ, we love you. Um, and I think we're gonna listen to a tune of theirs. It is a mashup. No, it is not a mashup. Because mashups have this discussion. Mashups are combining the two melodies, but uh, medleys are just one song, another song, another song. So this is a medley of I'm Into Something Good um, by Herman's Hermits with Happy Together by The Turtles by GQ. Something tells me I'm into something. Something good. tells me I'm into something. He's got a man who's not too shy, and I can tell he's my kind of guy. And he danced close to me like a whole team. Now something tells me I'm into something. Something tells me I'm into something. Going to only dance for a minute or two, but then he still helps me the whole night through. Say now, can I be falling in love? For he's everything I've been dreaming of. He's everything I've been dreaming of. And when he walked me home, he held my hand, and then I knew it wouldn't be just a one-night stand. He asked to see me next week, and I told him he could. He asked to see me, and I told him. 
now something tells me I'm into something, something very good. Imagine you, I do, I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the boy you love and hold him tight. So happy together. If I should call you up in the rest of the time and you say you belong to me and use my mind. I can't see me loving nobody but you for all my life When you're with me, baby, the skies will be blue for all my life For all my life, me and you, you and me, no matter how they toss the dice It had to be the only one for me is you and you for me So happy together, baby I can't see me loving nobody but you for all my life When you're with me, baby, the skies will be blue For all my life, for all my life Say, we only dance for a minute or two Ooh, then he stopped closing it all night through Can I be, can I be falling in love? For he's everything I've been dreaming of He's everything I've been dreaming of Say, got me a man that's a mighty fine I never thought that I would call him mine good taste in music? Well, of course you do. You're listening to Acaville. So share those discerning ears with others and have your own program right here on the Acaville air. We're looking for a few DJs to start their own programs right here. And with just a handful of hours per week, you can get your program all over the world. So check it out, info at acaville.com. And don't let that good taste go to waste. And welcome back to Tacapello. We have just about 10 more minutes left here in our hour, and we're going to dive into a topic we had just started to touch on, barbershop. Fun fact, I've never actually seen a barbershop group in a barbershop. Um, I just feel, you know, that's probably not even really that relevant, but I just feel it's something we needed to put out there. <laughs> uh, my group in college that I started, started, that I started, began as barbershop. But speaking, you know, we've been talking so much about millennials and our generation. It was something when we just did straight barbershop tunes, unless there was like, unless it was a reinterpretation, like God only knows or something, it wasn't something that generally jived with a lot of uh, our audience. It was very much seen as cute. Like, oh, look at these guys. They're singing barbershop. It was not seen as sexy. It was not seen as, you know, super impressive when, which I'm not gonna lie, was kind of discouraging because we're sitting there like trying to tune these crazy hard chords and that's, we're putting a ton of effort trying to get this and it didn't have quite the draw we wanted. And so now um, I'm, I'm graduating no longer in the group, but it was kind of half and half, and it's kind of half and half now. It's um, so unfortunate. I know. got to bring back barbershop. Yeah. Hashtag dude. bring back barbershop. BB, wait, BBBS. <laughs> hashtag BBBS. Can, can I don't think that that's going to fly. I don't think it's going to trend at all, actually. I think this, this <laughs> is actually going to make no sense. 
Um, also, a thing that I find really interesting, and just talking about barbershop, we seem generally, and this is again big generalizations. That's kind of my thing today. You know, it's main, it's a lot of guys. It's mainly, and I think that is kind of the image a lot of people have when they think of barbershop. They think of the guys in the white pinstripes, those hats. I don't know what they're called. I've always wanted one, but also at the same time, kind of not because I would never wear it. Um, but it's seen as kind of a guy sing, which is ironic considering we just listened to, you know, a great female group just sing the heck out of that. And I've sung that arrangement with all guys. Doesn't work. Don't do it. Don't waste your money. <laughs> um, speaking about barbershop, it's the absence of open space. And when you have, you can't do that with a bass, a tenor, an alto, and a soprano because you just have, just singing those ranges, you're just going to have everyone all over the place. And it's just not going to sound as tight. And frankly, like a second versus a seventh or a, ni- a, a ninth is easier to tune or it's easier to sing than a second because seconds are right in there well i don't know if it's quite fair to say that it can't be done but it is definitely harder i think it's it's just physically speaking probably more difficult yeah and i think it just Uh, doesn't give people as much that like ooh mm -hmm. ah kind of feeling and and acapella (laughs) doesn't seem to have that issue no acapella is has humongous ranges Mm -hmm. um like just we were talking about pentatonics and the humongous yeah. range between all of them. But granted, all of them seem to have some pretty tremendous vocal yeah. ranges and can sort of adapt to any yeah. um, anything that they need to. Yeah, I absolutely um, agree. But uh, that that is interesting. This is again. It's I think. I mean, at this point, it's almost like barbershop is so far removed from modern day culture. It is sort of almost silly to ask why did we get to acapella and not barbershop, but it, but it is interesting it is how we the question. evolution of our sort of our vocal groups or our sort of vocally um, emphasized music groups. Yeah, and um, I mean, I bet if you and I walked down this street. Um, and just ask the first person we saw, like, name a barbershop group. I think the one that they're going to say and that everyone will say is the Dapper Dans from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Like, if, uh, if even that. I don't if, even know if people if, know that if name. If they say one, I think it, it's a good chance. It's unfortunate because they're fantastic. They are so good. But um, if we ask them about an acapella group, there's a good chance they'd say pentatonics, I think. And I mm-hmm. think that definitely says something about where independent of groups and just um, – where those genres fall in popular culture today. Mm-hmm. So I have I have maybe one thing that we can that we can end on here. I suppose mm-hmm. it's a question for you, John. Oh boy. Um, you didn't tell me and this that was coming. Is, no, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's here's sometimes what I do wonder: um, is acapella music? And I hope I'm not offending anybody here, but is it is it a fad? Or is it something that we're going to see grow more and more as time goes on as its own unique evolving genre? I think, and I've thought about this a lot, so I'm lucky that this went on me. I think, um, and maybe this will come off as a little pompous, but I think if we have institutions like Acaville, if we have, if there is infrastructure, if there are different places for it to happen, if it continues to evolve past the college campus, if there becomes more developments of not just the sound, of the world in a sense if there are more acapella radio stations if there are more places we're seeing acapella if arrangements continue to diversify if we see evolution of music in a sense and if the if casa um becomes well known if it continues to grow like it is growing i you know i don't think it's a fad i love it and i don't think that's going to go anytime soon i think if we just continue to get it out there, which is our mission here at Acaville, um, making people aware of what acapella is and showing them it. I think a lot of people are going to find out, wow, we love this. Maybe they haven't even heard it before. 
And I think that is going to determine, not specifically Akaville will determine it, but organizations like us and organizations and groups out there that don't strive just to perform and sound good, but strive to not even spread the word, but make the world of acapella more well-known and mm-hmm. make it a thing in a sense. Yeah. And my my inkling or uh, my inclination is actually that it will continue. And mm-hmm. I think the main reason for that is a lot of what we covered on earlier and that it is not really a style in the way that something like Barbershop is yeah. a style. It seems to encompass this much larger musical project at hand yeah. um barbershop yeah it does i know it, rec- it obviously i know that it has this large and uh um, thriving musical mm-hmm. scene today of people who are just only interested in in, in barbershop mm-hmm. of course you know and it's got it's the you know the world competitions every year and and, mm-hmm. and whatnot um but acapella music because it is focused it's focused on adaptation mm-hmm. and because it seems to be so similar to popular music in a lot of the ways that we talked about earlier i i can't help but think that it may not look the same in 20 years that it does now, much in the way that rock music doesn't look like it does in the 80s, but we have music today that we will happily call rock music. And I, I think that acapella will continue in its own way. And it's interesting to see how it's going to grow. I could think of no other, no, man, I could think of no better way to end our first episode than with that sentiment. Brandon, thank you so much for being a guest on our first episode of Acapella here at Acaville Radio. Again, please feel free to tweet at both of us if you want to talk about acapella or just say hi. I am at John Lampus. Uh, I am at Magical Brandon. And please also feel free to tweet at the station itself at Acaville Radio. This has been the first episode of our new weekly radio show, Acapella. We hope to hear from you all soon. And seriously, if any of you have any desires to either be a guest on the show, please tweet me. Or if you want to join Acaville, we're always in need of DJs and just strong, dedicated human beings running our theme hours, our regular hours, and making their own shows too. We are looking to grow and expand as much as possible. Please feel free to go on our website at acaville.com. Again, check us out. Send us an email if you feel like helping out in any way, shape, or form for as little as long as you want. Hopefully long. Um, Working here at Acaville has been one of the highlights of my musical career so far, and I bet it can be the same for you. So please check us out. And for everything acapella, it's all in the same spot. Acaville Radio at acaville.com. Thanks for listening, guys.